Welcome to the Sermon Scraps Podcast. I'm Josh Taylor. This podcast is about leftovers from Sunday's sermon. They're still edifying. I just ran out of time. They say there's no such thing as homiletical poverty, and this podcast proves it. All right, today I want to answer the question, uh, or respond to the question, did God ever show himself to anyone? Uh, I'll repeat it. Did God ever show himself to anyone? And my response to that is yes and no. All right. So it's probably easier to first tell you the reasons no, <laughs> um, because uh, there are some that's kind of, uh, I would say, maybe self evident once you understand the nature of God as revealed in the scriptures. So in the Bible, in John chapter 4, Uh, This is Jesus speaking to the woman at the well, uh, kind of a very familiar story. And uh, Jesus is explaining to her the nature of true worship. What does it mean to worship God rightly? And in in the middle of explaining that, of course, he explains the nature of God, right? It makes a complete appropriate sense that if you're going to talk about the nature of worship, then you have to speak about the nature of God. And so Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 23, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the part I want to emphasize there is the spiritual nature of God, that God, by definition, is immaterial. He is invisible. Um, you cannot see God. Um, and the scriptures make that explicitly clear. Let me give you a couple of more um, verses to kind of look at and read. Uh, this is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15. So it says, um, God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light. And then notice this last statement about who God is, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power. Amen. So I want to make it explicitly clear before I move into how we see God is God being spirit, right? Being immaterial and invisible, kind of outright by definition, it is impossible. The human eye cannot see God. He can't be seen. Um, And then you lay on top of that kind of the uh, ethical and um, purity that would require um, a human in order to even see God. So what I mean by that is if God were to manifest himself, right, to accommodate us so that we can see him in a visible way, we would also need aid in order to see God. So on God's part, he would have to manifest himself and accommodate himself to us and then also aid us with the ability to see him. So what I would also say is not only by God's nature can we not see God, but also because of our nature, we can't see God. We're impure, unethical, immoral, um, unholy, 
And um, because of that, we lack the, the actual raw ability and power to even perceive him. So it's, so it's both on his end and our end. There is no sight for us to behold. We cannot have that kind of vision of God. Uh, now, at the same time, so right when I say that, right, no one has seen God. No one has. The Bible makes explicitly clear, too, that people have seen God. And what do we mean by that? And this is where you have to, again, look to the scriptures, and the scriptures explain how people have seen God. And so, kind of a couple of ground zero texts that I want to turn to. John chapter 1, verse 18. The Apostle John, in his famous kind of prologue to his gospel, he says, no one has ever seen God. He outright admits it and confess it, confesses it. And then the very next line says, the one and only Son who is himself God and is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. What the Bible makes explicitly clear is that Jesus is the revelation of God. Uh, let me read you a couple of other uh, scriptures that, that paint this uh, more fully for us. But Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And now we're kind of beginning to touch the, you know, the doctrine of the Trinity, Trinitarian doctrine. The idea being God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit co-equally possess from eternal, eternity the divine substance. Uh, essentially saying this, what it means to be God, this is kind of the way I, I explain it to, to my folks at church, what it means to be God, all of that can be said equally about the Father, can be said equally about the Son, and can be said equally about the Spirit. So it's not a share in the sense of dividing up the substance. It's whatever makes God God, God of very God, light of very light, as the Creed says, that divinity is, again, co-equally possessed, not split up, but possessed in its fullness from eternity in three distinct persons. So much so that if you interact with Jesus, this is what the Bible is teaching, if you interact with Jesus, you can say you have interacted with God. That's how explicit it is saying. And that's not to say Jesus is the Father or Jesus is the Son, but as Colossians 2, 9 says, the fullness of God dwells bodily in Christ. Let me give you kind of Jesus explaining that and um, I want to go to uh, John chapter 14. And in verse 8, his disciple Philip asked, Lord, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. And notice how Jesus corrects him. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time? This is verse 9 of John 14. And you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak of my own. The Father who lives in me uh, does his works. So notice the two things that Jesus upholds. Essentially, uh, you know, Philip's saying, uh, show us who God is. And, and 
Jesus says, think about the three and a half years we've been together. You've seen God. You've seen God in me and the works that I do. And at the same time, notice he doesn't confuse the persons. Um, the Father and the Son dwell each other intimately to say that they, can, they work in concert and in purpose. But at the same time, they're, they're two distinct persons, right? So the fullness of God is in the Father and the fullness of God is in the Son. But it's the, the fullness is so full, right? God is, Jesus is so much God, right? In the sense that the Father is God, that if you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father, which is not to say that Jesus is the Father, all right? Um, Hebrews chapter 1 puts it another way. So this is uh, Hebrews 1, uh, I'll read 1 through 4. Uh, it says, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. And then listen to how they define the nature of Jesus. Uh, the author of Hebrews. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word, literally the word of his power. After making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, so he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. But notice it says he is the exact expression of his of his nature, I, I say it this way. I know you got to be careful when you illustrate the Trinitarian God, right? The one true living God. But the idea being this: like if you took a Polaroid of God, Jesus's picture would come out. That's kind of the idea. That if you've encountered Jesus, you have encountered the living God. I'll give you a couple of more uh, verses just to demonstrate how one Jesus is with being God. Um, it says this, this is uh, when the Apostle Paul was saying farewell to the Ephesian elders. Listen to how he uh, denotes the church. It says in Acts 20 verse 27, uh, Paul says to them, because I did not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Notice that. The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. The he there, the antecedent, what it's referring to is God himself. God purchased the church with his own blood. Now, remember what I just said at the beginning of this. God is spirit, right? Uh, he cannot be seen. He is by nature immaterial and invisible. And yet Paul here makes the statement, God bled. How can, how can you say that? And this is what we as Christians are preaching, is that the fullness of God dwells in Christ. That when Jesus hung on the cross uh, to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sin, that was God bleeding and purchasing for himself the church. Uh, what a wonderful statement, right? I mean, I don't know of any other text in the world that talks about God shedding blood for the forgiveness of humanity's sin. And that's what we preach and proclaim. Um, one other one, and, and I, I shared this with my church just recently, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. Notice how God shows us his love. It was by Jesus' death. Notice how uh, like integrated. You cannot separate them. They're inextricably bound. To see Jesus bleeding and dying on the cross is to come to the full ultimate demonstration of God's love for us. That while we were at our worst, he gave us his best. Uh, the second person of the Trinity. So a couple of things I, I would kind of sum it up this way. Um, have people seen God? Yes and no. No being God by his very nature, you, you, you're not going to, quote, ever run up on God by, him, by his nature without any sense of accommodation or aid from him to see him. There, there's just impossible. That's what I, I would say this. It's impossible to see God. Um, Any time in the Old Testament where he revealed himself, it is a manifestation of his glory. Whether that was in the, you know, the burning bush that Moses saw or even at Mount Sinai, these are manifestations of who God is. But the revelation, if you, God in the flesh, have people seen God? They, yes, they most certainly have seen uh, God in Christ. The fullness of God dwells bodily in Christ, which is another amazing notion, right? If you want to know God, know Jesus. If you're ever in the Northeast Georgia, Habersham County area, come give us a visit at Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Demarest. You can find us on Facebook at MT Carmel Demarest or our website, mtcarmeldemarest.com. The music in the podcast was provided by Dylan Emmett. And until next time, make much of Jesus. Love you. Bye.